Sit up straight like you're a tree and imagine your feet are roots. They are set into the world. They are deep, deep, deep into the soil. This is The Butterfly Effect, a podcast that shows the big impact a small action can do. Tali Orad is talking to those special people that make a difference with nature and trees. Welcome everyone to The Butterfly Effect. My name is Tali Orad. I'm your host and your butterfly here. Today, my special guest is Jurgis DeJulis. Jurgis seamlessly mixes his passion for music and social phenomenon to enlightened individuals, businesses, and organizations on the intrinsic power of human capital and the potential of properly aligned values. He uses comedy, academic insights, and musical interactions to engage them emotionally and demonstrate how to identify, attune, and seize latent human assets for social innovation. His diverse background, ranging from Eurovision to EU consultant to corporate edutainer, allows him to bend formats and shapeshift guarantee a simulating and enlightening experience. Jurgis makes people sing and dance because it's more fun like that. Welcome, Jurgis, to the Butterfly Effect. Tali, it is an absolute pleasure to be here with you. Let's start from the beginning. You are an artist. A musician, actually, that brings communities together. Tell me more about the work that you do. When everybody asks to, to describe what I do in a sentence, I say I mix my passion for participative music and social phenomenon to bring people together to activate and elevate them. I think that's the easiest way of describing it. But I think more interesting is the way I got to this point. Where as a child, I understood that music was potentially a form of doing good, a very good medium. Mm-hmm. Being part of the music industry in Lithuania since, I don't know, since I was like 20 years old, I eventually realized that the scope of, of what you can do is very limited. And, and more than being limited, the, the capacity and the power of music to bring people together is greatly undermined by the standard music industry practices. Mm-hmm. So about 10 years ago, I did an MBA. It really opened my eyes towards not only economic models, but also innovation and different ways of doing business, you know, and how, how markets work and how you can actually try to innovate and try to find new practices. And so, and so at some point I started working with, you know, just for fun, doing public speaking with music. And then mm-hmm. I realized that people were much more happy and engaged when they could participate in the music. And then I started discovering all of these other possibilities, mm-hmm. but really just being exposed to you know, these kinds of mediums of co-creation where, where money is not the object and uh, seeing how music is both a metaphor for how these, these systems flourish, but also that the music within them is, is of a completely different nature. And so I think my pivot, you could say, was somewhere about five, six, seven years ago where I said, I can do music and I can do something different with it. And I realized that the main thing I can do is bring people together and help them look at social phenomena in a different way. And at some point, you try to even bring that music to politics to maybe heal. You worked with the Green Party in Lithuania. It's a very curious thing because everything we do is political, right? But somehow, mm-hmm. somehow society has conditioned us to think that we are separate from politics. And I think that's one of the fallacies, those mainstream fallacies that we all buy into that really make us feel separate from the whole world. 
if you think about politics, everything we do is political. I mean, what you wear, what you listen to, everything has that kind of broader dimension. And especially when we're talking about impact on the world around us, mm -hmm. especially if we're talking about economics and the externalities of the environment, you know, or, or, or the externalities that, that we pass on to the environment or the way that we're, you know, behaving with the earth. But for me, getting into politics is strange because I don't really want to be in politics. I think that we should just become much more conscientious about the fact that what we do is political. But even advising uh, the Green Party and helping them and helping them uh, renew themselves, all of a sudden I realized that there was a lot of animosity because politics is an exclusive thing. You know, it's it's you're either with us or against us. Right. And that is very, very at odds with what I do, which is actually kind of bringing people together. I realized it's kind of like a wall I faced. And I think in the future, I mean, being a political human being or a politically conscientious human being, that's one of the things I think we need to solve is how to create politics that is whose narratives are inclusive and collaborational rather than confrontational. So I wonder if, if I, we can say that music, building communities and politics should mix or should not mix. And by what your experience, it should not, it doesn't mix, but it should in, in order to fix it. Well, that's a great point. I mean, that's it right there. I mean, because music and politics and people and everything, they mix, they're completely mixed. It's like saying is like uh, sex and spirituality. Well, of course they're mixed. I mean, we're talking about creation and procreation. Of course they're mixed. Mm -hmm. The thing is when we try to kind of uh, say, no, they're not mixed or they're not one, one's not a part of the other. And, and I'm trying to understand, you know, what are those cognitive kind of constraints we've placed upon ourselves to, to, you know, shun away from certain things or say, I can't talk about that, or I shouldn't want to talk about that, or, you know, oh, that's, that's not something I'm interested in. I, I, and I think there's many other vectors of this. I mean, if we're talking about, for example, uh, burner communities or these kinds of, of woke communities or communities that are very progressive. So very often they don't want to talk about money. And, mm -hmm. and that's also a problem because, I mean, any, for anything to be sustainable, it also has to be, it also has to ensure that it is, it is, uh, is self-reliant and in a financial way as well, right? So mm -hmm. the moment that burners don't talk about money, they're not doing them a favor the same way that parents uh, aren't helping their children by not, by not talking about sexuality and drugs. So I think that, that they should mix, they will mix, they have to mix. I mean, I, all the music I make has that social angle which kind of, I think, also, it, it borders on the politic, political all the time. But the question is how to make that, that those associations soft and inviting rather than exclusive. So, so that's the trick. Maybe that's, the, that's what I have to work on for the next couple of years. <laughs> yes. And impactful. Yeah. I mean, impactful, it's everything. I, I did an interview not long ago where I was talking about, you know, these wonderful friends I've made over the past, you know, five, six, seven years. And it was like amazing because, I mean, they're all people I'm in awe of, you know, and I think, I think, I mean, you're in many of those circles. So you would know that it's people that you can just listen to for hours and say, wow, what an amazing human being. And they asked me, what do all these people have in common? And, and it kind of took me a minute, actually just a couple of seconds to think about it, but I was, I was surprised to realize that it's all people who are trying to do something for the greater good. It's all people who are trying to transform the world for the better. It's all people who are trying, you know, to work for others. And it's really beautiful that, that I actually kind of cross-referenced all my friends according to this filter. And I realized that that's all of us, you know, you're working mm -hmm. with, you know, saving the planet through planting trees. I'm trying to elevate people's conscientiousness of, of the power of community through music. 
So that that's really beautiful, and I, and I also love that that we're not all in one sect or in one kind of organization. We're we're actually changing the future in a decentralized manner. By the way, Georgis, congratulations on becoming Climate Pact ambassador for the European Commission. Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool um, because I mean it's something that I've been working on for a very long time, sometimes more, sometimes less as a person who's really concerned about his children and, and I have that kind of climate anxiety. So it's really nice that the European Commission um, and especially the whole idea with the EU green New, Green New Deal uh, is is trying to engage people in the EU and understanding that political change can not only come from above it has to come from below as well so it's a it's a cool recognition and and I'm I'm, I'm you know I'll try to do my best with it in the future I know you will and you are also a one trillion ambassador helping us spread the word first of all thank you for that and second what made you join us I was really just kind of really excited about you know the whole thing you'd You'd pivoted into communities really looking at how they're planting trees rather than just planting trees for the sake of planting trees. Mm-hmm. It's not the mechanical process. It is much more the relationship we have with nature. As a child, I had a, an issue where I saw that nature was dying. And so I didn't want to go out to nature because it was like visiting a dying relative. And it's just like, ugh, I don't want to do this. It's like, you know, when right. somebody's like, oh, they're dying from cancer, go visit them. And you're like, oh, shit. And so I stayed away from nature. I remember like going to beaches, which I could see, you know, going to hell because of tourism or national parks, which were being cut down. And this was in Colombia mostly. And it was really painful. And so I, I kind of had, uh, had an adversity to nature. And then this whole idea of moving from apex predator to apex healer where you really have to come in and do the work and go to the spaces and you have to a enjoy nature as it is to assimilate it and to and to comprehend it but also to really understand where it's hurting and what needs to be done so the whole thing of going from we need to plant a trillion trees to it's really important how we plant them and how we regard in the earth and And how we become these apex healers, these gardeners, I think is absolutely fabulous and beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Now you currently live in Lithuania, but you're originally from Colombia, yeah. the land of the salsa and the Amazonas, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I understand you spent time while you were there with some indigenous groups. I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate to spend time with indigenous groups because my mother's from a place called Santa Marta, which is is uh, to the north. It's on the northern uh, coast. and it's it's actually the steepest place on earth. So they have a place called the Sierra Nevada Mountains, and they go from for there's like like a deep underwater shelf which just shoots up into a snow covered peak. And so there are these tribes there that consider themselves the stewards of, of nature, of of man and earth and you know of the natural system. Mm-hmm. And they refer to us as the little brothers. On one occasion, I had a very kind of like just really transformative meeting with one of them where I realized how connected these people were and how they had powers, which for me were indescribable and kind of unfathomable. They were just, you know, just, they're, they're just doing amazing things right before my very eyes. And I think also sometimes when you're in the presence of certain people, you feel how connected they are to certain things. And so because of my uncle and because of other friends, I kind of established relationships with them. And it was very transformative. I mean, just going up into the jungle and, you know, 
doing nothing with them. <laughs> it's as transformative as it can sometimes get. Can you share an experience you had with them? One experience which I had with them where, where they had me up in the mountain and uh, they didn't talk to me hardly. And I thought at the beginning that they were being uh, rude. And so when I came down the mountain, my, my uncle, you know, I spoke to my uncle and he says, well, that's actually a very, that's a very serious compliment. That's actually, they're holding you in high regard wow. because if they can hold silence with you, if you can just, you know, be quiet with the other person, it means that you can experience the purity of connection without verbal interruption or, or interference. And it was so deep because I'm like, oh shit, that's what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> this is beautiful it's beautiful i mean spending times in silence is something that we reserve for you know beautiful moments we have with a lover or with a very good friend you know in the world we live in right now everything's full of chatter so actually just going up and and being in silence funny thing is that i didn't appreciate it then but it's something i definitely appreciate now well the the, the trees are silent but they do communicate they communicate underground with the fungi and they communicate above ground with with senses um they do. it's yeah right they do. and we just need to listen i mean sometimes as you were sitting with the indigenous group and you were in sitting quietly but all you had to do is in a way listen maybe to yourself to your inner self and for for them just need to sit there and listen and, and notice I have really become fascinated by the mysticism of sound. And when I refer to the mysticism of sound, it has a lot to do with kind of the belief that everything is music, that even the things that we don't hear have musicality in them. The earth has rhythms, and, you know, months, days, tides swell, and then they pull back. Everything is in a constant kind of flow in harmony with itself and and in time and so there's one very beautiful quote by this one uh, one the sufi guy called hazarat bin ayat khan it says uh, it's something like i used to play music but then I, i realized i don't have to play music to bring harmony to human beings and i think that's so deep you know because actually if you think about harmony i mean people who are sitting together and and are in the same kind of loving spirit in the same kind of uh, bubble of empathy that could be described as harmony mm-hmm. and so there's musicality in everything and and I started seeing musicality in everything and so a lot of what I do actually is about understanding that music is a metaphor for the social systems whether it's a trusting system whether it's an empathetic system whether it's a It's, uh, it's a flowing, it's a fun, it's an unpredictable system. You know, all of these words, you can actually, these descriptive things we use for social units, can, you can actually put them in music. And so, and so the moment you start observing them, you can't unsee them. So the right. same happens with the music around us. It's like every time I go to Colombia, we spend about a month in a house we rent. And the most beautiful thing about the house is that it has no windows. It's all nets. And so I am completely in tune with the music the, of the wildlife we're around, mm-hmm. the crickets, the birds, so many birds, also the rustle of the leaves, the wind moving, moving trees and everything. And, and, and for me, it's just, for me, it's the most beautiful music in the universe. And so much so that a lot of these people who love, you know, mystic sound and everything, they say, well, all the sounds that we love as human beings are actually in the natural elements, the crash of, of thunder the beat of the drum which is very much about you know physical physicality and and, right. and skin and hide 
the sound of waves and of leaves and all of these things. It, it, it's curious because once you start looking for it, you find it. And, um, and again, the moment that you also understand that there's synesthesia behind it, behind sound, that you you can start hearing sounds that aren't there just because you you have an affinity to the feeling. I think that's something which is it really just it it just kind of moved throughout the whole experience. I, th I think I think obviously nature is there and it's always speaking to us in one form or another. Right. But it, I probably would not have realized if it wasn't for this experience with these indigenous people. You know, I started to listen more. Just you know, listen. And the moment, for example, I even invite people who are listening to this podcast right after the podcast, just take a minute to listen to what is happening around you. Really, really get into you know. And you can think you're in a silent room, but you're never in a silent room. There's always something happening. There's reverberations. There's something happening outside. And so, becoming very, very acute to those sounds very aware of them, will expand so many horizons. You remind me of the biologist David George Haskell, and he listens to trees. He even wrote a book, This Song of Trees, and I think it's stories from nature's great connectors. I wonder if there are songs that trees are singing, we're just not noticing them. They are, I'm pretty sure. One of the things I've done, I made this short composition where basically we take sounds of a Lithuanian forest, right? And it's mm -hmm. the daytime sounds, you know, on, on the surface, what we hear. And right. I think we also have the sound of a stream and some things. But basically you're listening to the forest, what we hear. And you were talking uh, uh, at some point about the Mycenaeum, how these, how these trees are touching under the table, you know, with their long roots, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very interesting because um, I have a friend who's been up in uh, Vancouver and he's been plugging microphones into the earth and he's been listening to them, how they're transporting nutrients and how they're communicating. Obviously, this is ununderstandable to us. Right. But the way it sounds like, and I think any parents here who, who've been to a gynecologist and have heard the heartbeat of their son, you know, or their daughters in the womb, it's the same kind of sound. It's this kind of it's pumping, you know, and to know that that is happening under our feet while we walk in the forest is so beautiful. You know, just understanding that the forest has its heartbeat. It's so, you know, it's so connecting, you know, because again, this whole thing, you know, at some point we're talking about separateness, right? You know, how different we like to see that, you know, we're exclusive from one another or that, or that we're different, mm -hmm. but really understanding that, that, you know, the forest and trees are a different kind of conscious. It's also very expanding. And, and it's also, it's, it expands more than the mind. I think it expands the heart. The trees use the fungi to communicate, but it's a symbiosis relationship because by that, the, the fungi consume something like 30% of sugars that the tree photosynthesize from the sunlight. And that fuels the fungi. So, it's it's more than just the trees using the fungi or the fungi is using the trees. They they are helping each other, so it's bringing everything together. Dali, you know, imagine you breathe out; the world is breathing you in. You know, and mm -hmm. we are connected in in so many ways. To think that we're separate, that we can control nature, that we can subdue her to our every whim is is, is ridiculous and it's nonsense. And I think that's right. one of the big problems we have, you know, that we're not living together 
with the universe. We're, we're always constantly trying to put it at our service. I think what we're starting to experience now is that we're like, I don't know, we're, we're, we're a fart of the universe. You know, it's like, or even Mother Earth, you know, Mother Earth farted and here we are humans. It's like, we're just an, an, an instant, you know? We're a bad case of lice. We're a bad case of fleas on planet Earth at the moment. And so, and so we're so I, caught, I, up, caught I, up in our I don't know if I agree. I, I think we are, I think we just lost our ways. And there are some that are trying to help us get back to it. Mm -hmm. um, think about it. I, I always think of children. And for me, there's no bad child. It's just that the child maybe lost their way or had a bad behavior. Mm -hmm. um, that child is not doomed. It's just need a little more nurturing. And I think that's what you're bringing with your music. You're trying to nurture us back to that consciousness, right? I, I think you once said that you drive the mission of to elevate consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. At the time when human skills um, and emotional intelligence, right? The culture of communities pivotal for humanity yeah. and more than more important than ever mm -hmm. for our shared future and the people that wish to thrive in it yeah i think there is hope we're just just need to help to find our way back so a belief is something that we make true because one thing is is for example an act of of a uh, of faith where you expect something to intervene the other one is more of an expectation, right? So, so if you believe in holy things, so it's an act of faith. An act of belief is kind of where you, you kind of putting an effort for something to happen. It's like I believe I can, you know, I can feed my family. I believe I'm a good person, you know. And mm -hmm. so, and so, manifesting these beliefs, you know, these these things which we want to make true, is kind of like what pivots us. And so, I I understood that having that believing in humanity. Not having faith in humanity. That's again, having faith in, says that I need divine intervention, right? Right. But actually believing in humanity, believing that we are good people is fundamental for our existence. Right. I at least like to give humanity a chance and think that we're all human with perfections and imperfections, but essentially we're all good, no matter how many times we fuck up. Okay, enough talking. Show me an example of that magic with music. Show you an example? Yes. Well, hold on. All right, lovely. You should hear me well. Is that right? Yeah. All right, so the idea is that music kind of reveals my demeanor and my pulsation. So if I was singing right now, my voice would be calibrated or it would be synchronized with this beat and with the mood of the chords that I'm projecting through this instrument. But what happens if I create a space within this kind of meditative experience for other people to get involved and to create a kind of collective meditation, right? Mm -hmm. So in a space where you were used to just being silent, right, and just surrendering your attention to me, I go, hey, maybe I can let you color this composition with your colors, with your emotions, with your intention. And that in itself is an act of trust, right? So once, the, once people feel that the musical space is open, they start participating. And like in all, every social unit, we start establishing rules and frameworks very, very quickly. 
So now you're still listening because I'm still playing. But what if I say, Tali, you can, you can, you can get on top of this music. No, I can't. <laughs> you can't? <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's do it. No, you're here with me, of course. I'm here There's with music you. Music in the background. I mean, see, that's the thing. I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit difficult when you don't have eye-to-eye -eye connection because you're actually the more you, the more you limit the points of reference or the the, the sensorial connection points, the more mm -hmm. you limit human bandwidth, right? I don't know if you remember maybe like a long time when you were super in love uh, you wrote love letters, right? And when you mm -hmm. write a love letter, you can create whole worlds, intimate worlds with another human being. You can paint beautiful images. You can create beautiful expectations just with a couple of words, right? Mm -hmm. So in this case, what we're doing is we're taking the medium of music, which A, is interactive, B, it's real time. C, it's very sensorial and very visceral mm -hmm. to create that kind of system. All right. So I have the music here. And uh, let me ask you, what would you like to bring to this song? What would you like to bring? What would you like to bring to this song? What would you like to hear in this song? How about going back to childhood and my memory as a kid climbing a tree climbing a tree so we imagine feet on branches we imagine hands on trunks right mm -hmm. we imagine feet on branches we imagine hands on trunks what else do you remember I remember my family looking at me. And your family looking at you. Mm. Can you try that mm -hmm with me? I got my family looking at me, telling me to get down off that tree. <laughs> it's spot on. All right. So now imagine we are a long way away. And so we need to rely on the medium of word and music. But we can experience something together. Try this. Sit up straight like you're a tree. And imagine your feet are roots. They are set into the world. They are deep, deep, deep into the soil. And they expand outwards. And you feel your hands lifting like their branches. You can put them up in the air. Extend those fingers outwards. Taking in all the beautifulness of the world without care, without a worry at all, just happy to be, just happy to breathe. That was beautiful, Jurgis. Thank you. So what's the secret? How do you do it on the spot like this? When I play music, sometimes I feel I connect to somebody else who's inside, the other who's inside of me. 
Mm-hmm. And and so in a space where you have one, all of the sudden you have two. And when you have it in a group of people, just meaning that there's there's different there's different kind of um, embod not embodiments. There's different parts of our consciousness that can come out. I think that's why, like for example, when you hear somebody say something that's true, you almost mm-hmm. feel something inside you go, "I resonate with that." You know, you kind of feel that 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 there's knowledge somewhere deep inside that that connects you to something higher. When you do these kinds of musical circles, sometimes there will be a moment where you are connecting with something deeper, and another person channels that that you're feeling. And that's a really beautiful feeling. That's really something exceptional, whether it's because you feel that there's a very deep affinity of aesthetics and a sense of, of values, or because we're actually connected to something deeper. And, and I must admit, I participated in a few of your sessions. Um, we've been friends for years uh, in Burning Man and in different areas. And it somehow feels like, and I'll give the analogy of forest, like we are one unit. This yeah. group of people is one unit, just like those group of trees that are some small, some big, some different um, species, but we're all unit communicating through that music, through that fungi um, underneath. That's the beauty of it. It's really lovely that you, you use that analogy because I try to stay within the secular realm. I mean, I do a lot of work for companies, organizations, you know, which need a little bit of a boost, which need a little bit of, you know, edutainment, as I call it, you know, education with uh, a little bit of rocks in it or entertainment with a little bit of depth. Yeah. In any case, what is for me the beautiful part is when all of the sudden people go, there is something deeper here and I just experienced it. And whether it's, you know, in the form of fungi under our roots or something, but you feel that we are deeply connected on some way. And I feel that that's enough sometimes just like to take away a veil of separateness. You know, you pull it across and once you pull it and once you pull it across away from people off of people's eyes, they start seeing something else. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for me, you know, I try not to do too much work. I, I don't know if I do not call it much work, but well, you do do something. Oh, but like I don't I'm not I don't pretend to be like a, a you know a, a healer or a shaman or something. I even avoid the word facilitator. For me it's much more interesting just to help people see something like just an act of quick revelation. It's much better when you let people make their own truths. I think the Zen Buddhists are all about that, you know, where if you think you can describe it, if you think that you can put it into a book, if you think that you can sell it and become a guru which explains everything, you're probably full of shit. But it may also be, it may also have to, to, to do with the fact that I really believe in emancipation and that not that we all need to be connected to one channel of conscientiousness, like like for example, religions, you know, where, where we would mm-hmm. have monopolistic brokers of people saying, oh, we're going to give you your weekly connection or your, you have to do it through here. But really understanding that this power is something which is in all of us and that we can access it individually and that we can actually structure it and develop it as people. And I think, I think that's what society needs at the moment is a lot more connection to the whole, but through individual emancipation. And if I'm going to inv- individual, I'll ask you, what is your individual favorite tree? That's curious. You know, I was looking for it. I thought it was a walking tree. 
in Colombia, every time I go, you know, there's this tree I see, which is like, it's, uh, they're always big, really huge trunks, two, three meters thick. And mm-hmm. they're like vines, you know, and they're very symbiotic trees because they also have trees growing on them, like other kind of like smaller, uh, smaller plants, but they also have vines. And so, and so what a friend was telling me is that they expand outwards the tree and then a branch will come down and it will form like a vine or like kind of like a, a limb and then that mm-hmm. will become a root. And they're tropical trees, but they're very amazing, especially in, in the way that how connected they are to the rest of the of the ecosystem they're in. As I said, you know, the, they're very symbiotic. There'll be other trees growing around it or, or other plants or other species. And right. for me, it, it kind of it kind of really feels like the way nature is, which is this kind of sensual thing, which will kind of eat you up, which will consume you and you'll end up enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> It's beautiful. No, there, there's a word. I mean, I had also transcendental experience in nature. Maybe this was 20 years ago. You know, I was a party guy back then, you know, and I was a city kid, man. I was never really connected to nature. And so at some point, I'm in my 20s. I'm like, yeah, ecology, 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 sustainability, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, love the earth. You know, earth needs our help. You know, this kind of narrative. And then I went right. to the jungle for a couple of days, like real jungle. And the thing about the jungle is the jungle wants to eat you up. If you mm-hmm. like, if you're in a real jungle and if you stay still for, for I don't know, for a couple of minutes, an hour, everything's going to eat you starting from the mosquitoes, the insects, and then other animals are going to come out. It's like, you're delicious food for it. So, you know, this whole narrative of like, oh, you need to love nature, you know, love nature doesn't love you. You know, nature is, and we need to respect nature. And that kind of stuck with me since then. This thing we love is a beast. It is an animal. It is an animal. And it is so lovely. But I think that it's also kind of very, describes the erotic feeling. I mean, eroticism, I think, is nice when it has danger and unknown. And it's, it's, there's this risk. And, you know, it's like, oh, I want to explore all these new spaces. But you know that they might just eat you up and, you know, <laughs> and that will be that. <laughs> So, so nature has that. And so I think, I think that, that nature needs less love and more respect. That is true. We need to respect nature. Now I know how to say tree in Spanish. I've learned that from previous podcasts. So I will not ask you that, but how do you say tree in Lithuanian? In Lithuanian tree is madis. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful. The more I explore the Lithuanian language, is um, you realize it's kind of like a riddle within itself. So if you were to say a friend, a very good friend is a bichulis. And the bichulis is like my bee friend, you know, so contact with the bees. Right. If you were to say a nation, tau, tauta, it's, it's from the word tauta, which is like, this is for you. And so there's meanings within meanings locked into words. And a lot of them are very much uh, rooted in nature and in our connection with nature. So it's been really curious, uh, ex- you know, exploring that, the language and all the, all the hidden meanings. Yeah, it reminds me of the Indians or Native Americans, as, as we call them now. Mm-hmm. And names are and words are connected to nature. So I... I love it. Wow. Thank you, Jurgis. That was amazing. I, I loved speaking with you. <laughs> Tali, it's always lovely chatting with you. Always lovely. And 
Thank you everybody for joining us today. We are all beautiful butterflies, each in his and her individual ways. I wanted to thank you for joining me today in this episode. I really appreciate you coming on this journey with me and I hope to see you next time. And remember, it only takes a small action to make a big difference. Be a butterfly. And that's all for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. Please subscribe to hear more of our stories of change 